Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I am, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, August 12th, 2020. This is episode 122-122. We are plugging right along, ladies and gentlemen. I am back with another one of Chicago's biggest up-and-comers, this time in the rap game. He goes by the name of Brad Varsity. Another one you need to add to the Rolodex, ladies and gentlemen. And if you listen to some of the past interviews that I've had with Fellino, Cafe Disco, and of course Austin Fillmore, Brad has come up a few times, and there's a good reason why. In this interview, we discuss Brad's early inspirations and artists that have had the most influence on him, including J. Cole and Mac Miller. And you can hear those guys in a lot of his tracks. It's so awesome. We also discuss his music making process from door to door creating beats, writing lyrics, collaborating with different types of producers, mastering, and so much more. This guy knows what he's doing in the studio. We also talked about how Brad has developed his brand over the past couple years and how he's built his fan base and also stays connected with them. Brad's most recent track, New Girl, also just came out and he has a dope music video that we talked about. It was so cool to hear him actually put in all this concerted effort and all this creativity that went to it as well. It is such an awesome track too. Now the best is yet to come for Brad Varsity. He has sent me some of the unreleased music, ladies and gentlemen. He gave us some sneak peeks onto where the inspiration comes from that. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear. Now without further ado, let's get into it right now so you can hear it from the man himself. This is episode 122 with Brad Varsity. Brad, cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers. It's a pleasure to have you on, man. What flavor you got there, watermelon? This is raspberry. Raspberry. What, what we had in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, the White Claw variety pack stepped the game up a little bit. The new variety, yeah. My favorite flavor is tangerine, I would say. Yes. It tastes like, uh, it took me back first time I tasted it to the, the Fanta days. Yeah, I get like Clementine vibes. I don't know. I really fuck with Clementine. So like, yeah, I was like, yep, this is the one. This is the one for sure. I feel like it's kind of slept on too. People kind of sleep on that flavor, but yeah, man, everybody's all about the watermelon, but it is a sleeper. It's the underdog, the underdog clock. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody shares a drink with me, my man, because uh, this is tough times right now for the artist game. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's okay to have a drink here and there. What day? It's Wednesday, right? I think. Yeah. Definitely been drinking more than normal. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. All right. We're good then. We're cool, man. Uh, but like I was saying before we got on air, man, um, you've come up so many times on interviews, so I just want to start by acknowledging, like, man, I know you're a hustler, I see you on social media crushing it, but it's always another level to hear from people on a personal level, you know, mention you in interviews, like I said, I mentioned the Cafe Disco guys you've done a few tracks with, Flanino, of course, uh, Evan Price, Austin Fillmore, man, so props to you, man, you're just a Chicago hustler, you're from Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm from the birds. Yeah. Yeah, but you love Chicago, man. You bleed it, bro. Yeah, dude, for sure, 100%. I mean, first thing you said to me was a way you jimmy-rigged <laughs> a wine bottle. Should we, should, we, should we share that? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so uh, I went, he's drinking, so obviously I was like, all right, I got to get a drink. And, like, I'm a big red wine guy. I love red wine. Yeah. So uh, I was going to, you know, open up a bottle instead of drink a claw. It's a little bit more classy, you know. But uh, we, we, we lost our wine opener, and I didn't feel like doing the, uh, the Jimmy route that he's talking about where I take this. Oh, it's right here. I take this screw, right, and you screw it into the top of the wine bottle. And then you take a hammer and you like just pull it out. Yeah. But uh, that was that. It takes a little time and just didn't feel like doing it. So. But let's let's admit though, instead of going to the Walgreens, you decided to Google how I can maybe find something in my apartment. Yeah, Walgreens less than a block away, but you know. Dude, that's that's the Midwest life, man. We're just like, yeah, I can figure it out myself actually. Or we just put something off for so long, we just get by. For yeah. basically an entire lifetime sometimes. Some people I see doing things, I'm like, you can make this a lot easier for yourself, you know? And they're like, no. I'm blaming it on quarantine. I barely leave the house now. I used yeah. to be so, so outside and active, and now, like, barely go outside. And, like, we got a gym in our buildings, so, like, cross the courtyard, go there, come back, <laughs> go pick out, go downstairs, pick up the food that I just ordered, come back inside. Yeah, seriously. I keep feeling like I'm in uh, white privilege, not white privilege, like white collar jail a little bit. It's like I get visitation rights for my girlfriend. I'm allowed to exercise outside once a day. Food gets delivered to me. And then outside of that, I'm in my apartment. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. It's like a time lapse, right? Yeah. I, my girlfriend says, she's like, you need to go outside more. It's like, do I really, though? Like, probably, <laughs> yes. She'll probably pick up some vitamin D from, like, Amazon or something. Cause there you go bring up the vibes a little bit more but yeah of open up the blinds get some more natural light but there you go that's all you need man i hear you it's it's good thing it's chicago summer though man at least for the for the good people here because it's already august which is crazy you know yeah. it'll be Lollapalooza last weekend and that to me is always kind of like a time stamp on where i'm at in the summer yeah you know it's kind of like rounding out i'm like wow i've had so many awesome things happen this summer i'm just like what have I done the past five months? I don't even know. 2020 is just going to be like an afterthought, I feel like. You just forget the year, but like it ain't over yet. We don't know when things are going to start getting back to normal. I can't yeah. wait. I'm misperforming. Like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. It's tough times, man. But how, how you been staying busy? You've been working on music. You just released a new track, uh, New Girl, with the music video, dude. Fire track, dope music video. Thank you. New girl, but that's your girlfriend, right? So, like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, okay, so the thing with music, obviously, is I'm sure you know, like, yeah. you write songs, like, way back in the past before they're ever released. So I wrote that song back in, like, December or January, like, right when we started talking. Uh-huh. Um, and I was kind of, you know, coming out of another uh, relationship, and um, we don't really need to talk about that too much, but... <laughs> Uh, I just I found a girl that you know I really liked and like gorgeous like down to earth and like I was just inspired to write you know that song and then yeah, yeah. Um, to make it even cooler uh, we decided to take a little vacation out in Arizona and I was like you know while I'm out there might as well try to shoot a music video and um, I didn't know anybody that shot videos out there but I followed uh, a pretty big artist that lived in Phoenix and I saw he just dropped a music video and I like looked looked up the guy that filmed it, DM'd him on Instagram, sent him the song that I wanted to do. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. I was like, I'm going to be here this dates. These are my ideas for what I want to do with the song. Um, and we knocked it out. It was, it was pretty cool. 
It's a great And then like movie. on top of that, I was like, babe, I want you to be in the video. Yeah. Did you tell her that before or when you were there? Uh, before I was like, I want you to be in it. And yeah. she's like, uh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, you're hot. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> like the song is like, you know, you inspired it. So like, let's do it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. What's her name? Chima. Chima? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. She's, she's great. So the song's about her then. So that works. Uh, Yes and no. <laughs> Tell me more about the song, man, because I love it, dude. Like, while we're on the topic, it's sick. It's a Thank real, you. like, it's a good culmination of a lot of what I've noticed in some of your old stuff and new stuff and maybe, like, kind of what's trending now a little bit. Like, the pace of it, to me, was great. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with that song, um, well, so the producer, uh, his name's Meese, um, he like hit me up he's like yo I'll, I'll be doing like a pack of beats all exclusives for you if, if you're down and yeah. i was like yeah let's do it uh and that was one of the five that i got and like i listened to it and you know like i the way that i write like i listen to the song and like i immediately voice record like gibberish of like the melodies and flows yeah. that i do on it and then i kind of fit the words back later on mm -hmm. um so I came up with those melodies and like, I was like, all right, so what do I want the song to be about? And like, like that first melody that comes in, like the new chick, she bad. Like that, that was like words like immediately. Yeah. Like, when I heard the song. So I was like, all right, I, I know where I'm going to go with this, with the song. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of fit the words to it. It was a little bit more uh, sexually promiscuous than most of my other songs, but like, <laughs> I felt like that fit the vibe of the track. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes people like to listen to music that's just like a little, you know, a little raunchy and yeah. Uh, yeah. had a good vibe to it. And that's kind of that's kind of how the track came about. And then I'm, I mix and engineer all my um, all my own music and I record it here um, in like my home studio. And um, I was mixing it for a while and was just not really pleased with how it was sounding just because I had a lot of vocals stacked on the on the chorus. And so I outsourced um, and got someone to mix and master it for me and uh, sent it back. And I liked the way it sounded. So I was like, all right, that's going to be the first one. Once I get the video done, I want to do it with the video. And, um, and yeah, that's that's kind of how the song came about. Yeah, it was a good rollout, man. Like you, you've got an awesome brand, which we'll get into. But it really is sick, man. And it's it's interesting in today's world. You know, I don't know from your point of view, right? Like music videos for us used to be a huge thing, man, right? Like in in the 2000s and late 2000s. I mean, I remember the uh, Lollipop Lil Wayne music video, and I was like, damn, like what is that? Their lives, right? It was just yeah. like this, this just crazy look in, and then it kind of like trended in different ways. And I see a lot of hip hop videos these days that are pretty similar, but I really liked yours, man. Like there was a story to be told and it was awesome. Cause like, I knew it was your girlfriend and I was like, damn, like this is tight. Like it's them. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I, I got the, I got the Maserati rented. That was cool. <laughs> I was like, I, need, I can't be just fucking pulling up with the Toyota Prius or whatever. We're like renting out there in Arizona. I needed to take a second. Rent yeah. this. Um, but it was kind of tragic, honestly, because uh, um, we didn't rent a car. Well, I rented that car um, like a few hours before the shoot we were planning. And like it was just a day rental. So like I got it 
we, we just drove around in it for a little bit before we got to the shoot. And then we like obviously shot with it. And then I had to drop it off the next day. But the day after that day, we were going to go to drive out to Sedona, which is like two and a half hours. And um, I had to rent a new car. And it was like going from the Maserati to this like Toyota Prius that I rented. <laughs> it was just tragic. Like the acceleration on the Maserati, you just tap the accelerator a little bit. Goes, yeah. And then the Prius, you got to press it all the way down to the. Yeah. And I was going up mountains and shit. I was like, damn, I missed the, I missed the Maserati. Hey, one day for you, man. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That car, that car is nice. <laughs> that's pretty sick. Well, let's 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 go back in time to uh, maybe the original days of dreaming of making Maserati music videos. You said you grew up in the burbs. Like, when did music come into your life? And an interesting fact you told me before, you got your triplets, man. Like, are yeah. you the only musical person in your family? Because I know there's always like different dynamics with triplets, like mentally, right? Yeah. Um, so like tri- growing up as like a triplet, obviously you'd expect like the, you know, competitiveness and like yeah. trying to be first and trying to be the best and like all that stuff. And like we fought a lot. Um, yeah. We actually grew closer once we got to college and stuff and didn't see each other as much. Mm-hmm. We got like way, way closer. Yeah. Um, but how kind of music started in, in high school, we moved from like one town uh, to another so we were in a new high school, new people, didn't have the same friends. Like we, we knew a couple people, but like wasn't like yeah. what, what we had, like just left groups of friends, went into a high school. Was that eighth grade and ninth grade or what, what was it like? Yeah, eighth grade and ninth grade. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's a big transition for sure. Yeah. And um, for me, like not knowing a lot of people, I was uh, like always sports oriented. So like I tried out for the football team um, and that was cool. And like I, I and I wasn't, I was a late bloomer. So like I was kind of picked on and like bullied a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like, there was times where I was like faking sick to like not go to school cause I didn't want to get bullied and, and stuff like that. Uh, freshman year. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of had a innate talent for music. I can remember, um, you know, like rapping for my older brother, like rapping Lil Wayne in like the kitchen and him being like, yo, that was actually kind of good. Like back when I was like <laughs> young, because uh, I listen to Wayne, like Eminem, like all that. And um, and then, yeah, I was getting bullied and stuff. I always had this kind of innate ability. I used to write poetry like in eighth grade. Um, so this one day I just kind of broke down. I like didn't go to school that day and I was just like super sad. So like I, I just decided to write lyrics in my notebook and I felt like this huge release because um, I, I was kind of like more shy, like kept to myself when it came to like what I was feeling. I held everything in, um, but I, everyone kind of saw me as an extrovert, but like I, I would keep that side private almost. Yeah. Uh, and then so music and writing lyrics was kind of like the first way I was able to express myself and like talk things out um, and really release what I was feeling on the inside. So ever since that day, I've been kind of, you know, making music. Um, and in high school, it was just like a hobby. Um, I remember I released a couple songs and my uncle was like, yo, this is pretty good. Like, what do you think about doing this? I was like, nah, it's just a hobby. Like, I want to go to college. I want to get a degree. I want to do the nine to five thing because that's what everyone's brainwashed to to, right. to do by their parents. Right. Um, and if anyone has a parent that's like, yo, follow your dreams, do what you're passionate about. Like, you guys are super lucky. Yeah. Um, because it didn't really get to that point until I kind of proved to my parents what this meant to me and like proved it with the work and you know the shows and, and all that kind of stuff yeah but um 
Ooh, I lost my train of thought there. Okay, yeah. You can... oh, oh, yeah, okay, so I wanted to explain. So I was I didn't always go by Brad Varsity. A lot of people think that's uh, like my real name. It's not. My real name's Brad Pearl. Yeah. Uh, but the, the varsity aspect, I had a lot of names. Uh, I went by B Pearl uh, in high school, and then I changed to, uh, what was it, Superb. And then it was uh, just varsity, and then it was Brad Varsity. Um, but the story for varsity and Brad varsity is I was like, I wanted something that like really meant a lot to me. Um, and like why I do music. So like looking back on it, yeah, I was like bullied and like, I was a late bloomer and I was getting bullied by the varsity team and I didn't have like the skills, the build, maybe the athleticism to, to make like varsity. Yeah. But now, when it comes to rapping and being an artist, making music, I'm on the varsity team. And that's why I go by Brad Varsity. Dude, I love that. And honestly, I think it, like, is enticing, bro, for real. Like, Brad Varsity is, like, there's, you know, Varsity, of course, always has, like, the stigma of jocks and, and whatever it might be, right? And, and I think, and I played sports in middle school and, and high school and played lacrosse and soccer. And there's this sort of, <clears throat> it's like a stripe you wear in almost, right? And I really love your description of that because getting on varsity isn't given to you usually, right? Like sort of some maybe that are like athletically talented, but I remember having to work really hard to make varsity. And it meant more than just being on varsity. It meant the actual like steps that I had to take. And every time I talk to someone like who was an athlete or, or was an athlete, there's that sort of workflow and, and, and mental toughness that you get too. So you wear it on your sleeve, obviously with your name, man. So I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. I mean, even in my like Instagram bio, it says like, um bullied by jocks now on varsity that's what it says dude fuck yeah i didn't know that. that's good yeah holy shit man so what what was like the timeline like for you i guess maybe in between then and proving it to your parents like what were the steps you were taking in between there like working on your craft did you have any mentors along the way so like I kind of said, like um, like my uncle, he was like, you want to do this? And I was like, no, it's just a hobby. I want to go to college and whatever. So when I first got to college, um, I kind of put music like on the back burner. Like, yeah, I would write here or there. But like I was focused on my education, partying and girls pretty much. <laughs> and, um, you know, college is such a cool experience. Like when you first get there, it's just, um, you know, making friends meeting people. I went to Iowa? Yeah, I went to Iowa. Oh, yeah, great great college, man. I went to IU. Iowa's oh, great. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my sister went to IU. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's very similar lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, music was kind of on the back burner, and I didn't really, like, it was more seen as, like, a party trick, almost, like, for some people. Yeah. Because, um, like, I would freestyle at parties or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when it came to my senior year of college... Uh, I really started to learn about life. And I was like, wow, I, I, I was doing the business route. I got my marketing degree. I was in the business school. I was like a top 10% student in the business school. Like, but I was like, this is not what I'm meant to do. This is not what I want to do. Like I'm good at taking tests and stuff, but like, this is like not me. And um, I was like, I remember this one night I was in a business fraternity um, and like every year or every semester we go on like a professional trip, we go to, uh, like some city and, um, like tour a couple companies and then we get super fucked up. Yeah. Of course. That, yeah. Uh, but I remember we were all pre-gaming in the hotel room and like 
all they all knew that I rapped and stuff. They're like, rap, rap, rap first, whatever. So I did, and like, like I said, it was just kind of seen as like a party trick or whatever. Yeah. But they all left, and the person I was sharing the room with, and I like almost broke down. I was like, yo, do you think I could actually do this like yeah. for my life, like as like, and become an artist? And he was like, if not you, then who? And I was like, yeah. And that just like that just hit me, and I was like, all right, bet. And then after that. I bought my own equipment and I, I learned how to, you know, mix just YouTube university. Yep. Just um, over that year, I, I created like my first mixtape, which is called Dean's List. And it's just kind of an ode to like college. And um, there were some songs on there that uh, a lot of people really liked. One song in particular um, called On the Chase. Mm -hmm. uh, that one got over six figures streams on Spotify, completely organic. I think I paid like $10 to get it on a playlist or something. And then, Dude, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. That one just kind of blew up a little bit. Um, and it just was kind of like the first sign of the universe that like, um, I'm doing what I should be doing. Um, I, I performed for like my first time, like that senior year, um, actually with Austin Fillmore. Yeah. Headliner. And um, a brother in my fraternity knew another artist on the list who set up the show. It was his like his cousin, um, and he like asked if I could be on the, the list, and I got on it, and it was my first performance, and that was a cool experience. Yeah. And then um, obviously my dad was well, yeah, my dad is someone that doesn't really get it, um, yeah. doesn't really understand the music industry and stuff like that. Um, my mom's always been super supportive. like, follow your dreams. I actually, um, she was giving me a pep talk on the phone while I was interviewing for jobs, you know, like the summer after senior year. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to make music and stuff. She's like, sweetie, you got to follow your dreams and, and stuff like that. And I, I literally put her on speaker up to the microphone and mixed it into one of my songs. No shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, if you want to go check that one out, that one's called On the Low. It was like released in 2017. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of kind of where it started. And I mean, I got a job, obviously. Uh, I work a nine to five. Um, so, that's why we, you know, we're having this call at 630. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I got I got a job and I've been working there for three years. I, I manage a digital ad campaign for a pharmaceutical company. Um, and it's I, right, but it's obviously not what I want to do. And that's why I bust my ass after work every day and on the weekends and just trying to, you know, every day just one step closer. Um, and just just build to to becoming a full time artist. But yeah, yeah, you know, with all that, with all the music I'm working on right now, like New Girl, obviously, dope, dope video, like good song, but like it doesn't even compare to like the other uh, songs I have in the, the vault right now. Like, it's it's a good track, but like it's not even close to what what I, I'm about to release. I love it. Yeah, you think what you said right? Like, I had I had similar experiences in college too, and I was. You know, it's like a Big Ten school, right? It's like easy because you feel like so many people, especially in Greek life or business journey, right? Like it's it's very similar. So many people aren't really talking about their dreams. They're talking about the now. They're talking about let's get, let's drink now. Let's talk to girls now. Let's go to the party. Let's go to the tailgate, right? Yeah. Shit goes on for like, honestly, years, dude. Like yeah. I went abroad my junior year, so I kind of like got a break from all that stuff. And then when I came back my senior year, like you too, I was like, 
you know, I'm really into this DJing stuff, and there's opportunities here, right? And then, like, we got a, a taste of the high life early on, right? Like, even if it's just in a little stage, it's not Lollapalooza, right? But, like, yeah. those little victories, those little things are what did you uh Did you DJ at Roy's? Yeah, Kilroy's, Dunkirk, uh, sports, the whole nine. I mean, and those places were fucking lit, dude. Yeah, dude. Lit right. as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, I got to get to Chicago. I don't know anybody here, and I come in, like, thinking I'm a hot shot. I'm like, yeah, you know, opening for all these big artists, like, all these people going crazy. And yeah. then, who the fuck are you? You know, 22-year-old IU graduate, like, I've been DJing here for five years, ten years, like, grinding my ass off, dude. And and it's honestly, like, this podcast has been such an amazing thing for me to connect with people because yeah. I, 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 although I did the earn your stripes route, right, like, play a lot of shitty gigs to get good gigs and introduce myself to, you know, club owners, promoters, whatever it might be. But connecting with artists like you is what it's all about to me. And it's what makes those types of things so much more fun because you go into these venues feeling like this is my spot. Like, these are my homies. Like, this, these are my people, right? Yeah. It's, it's it, there's, a, there's definitely an overlap where you're, like, feeling a little by yourself when you're working hard. Like, it's awesome, like, that your mom's supportive. And my mom was supportive, too, in a very similar way. But she told me, don't quit the daydream, right? And I'm glad we have it at this point because there's a lot of struggling artists. No, yeah, 100%. I'm definitely glad that, I, you know, I'm still employed. But uh, I know, man. It's also working from home and stuff like that's got its own price to pay. But yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's, it's a bit of a beast. I miss being in the office with people. It's like, I mean, I'm an extrovert, man. Like, I'm, like yeah. in the beginning, I'm, I'm in, like, rich person jail I, I need i need people i just miss i, I never thought i'd say this but i miss commuting like walking around and like <laughs> I, I don't walk around no more i literally i walk from my room to to here back to my room to here back to my room yeah i hear you we'll get through it man we'll get through it <laughs> yeah brad i want to ask so like i i've you know i've been listening to your music and i listened through a lot of it today and, and you've mentioned a few artists already but before we talk about your music specifically, where did a lot of your influence come from? You know, I know uh, Mac Miller is a big one for you. I personally hear like a big boy status, man. Like when you go in, bro, it was like kryptonite, man. Like seriously, like I really mean that. Like some outcast vibes. And of course, Logic, like Eminem, you mentioned Kid Cudi. I even hear like a less Jewish version of Lil Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> I got Lil Dicky before. Uh, I'd say G Easy. Yeah, of course. You know, for sure. Mac Miller is just has a special place in my heart, like his early stuff, because that um like I said, like the early on years in high school, like yeah, man. helped me uh kind of see like maybe I could do this too. Like he was a big like, well if he's doing it, maybe I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Kid Cuddy, the song soundtrack to my life. Yeah. That song means so so much to me. I could I could rap every lyric to you right now off beat, like without without even the beat. Uh, that. that song helped me out a lot. And you know now I would say um, my style is kind of gearing towards like well it's almost kind of like I wouldn't say a new style, but I feel like I have like a different flavor than a lot of artists. You do kind of making the same music, but like I used to not be able to like sing as well as I can now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I'm not I'm not gonna say that i'm a singer because i'm not yeah but um I, I think i'm a good songwriter and i'm good at coming up with melodies mm-hmm. so you know early on i couldn't always sing the melodies that i thought of but now i can i can do that so 
that's kind of what's been helping my music, you know, level up and push to the next, you know, uh, let's say tier of, of, of artists. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people will see that with the new stuff that I'm about to about to drop. It's a lot more singing, a little bit less spaz rapping. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, honestly, like, I, it's it's really cool to see like you and artists grow like with on your within your mu- own music, and I, and it's really awesome that you mix your own shit too, because um, you are really part of the creative process, right? Like, you don't just show up and and sing the lyrics that were given to you, right? And I really don't picture as big as you get, however big you get, right? And I know you're shooting as high as possible, just like me, but it seems like you are the type of person who always wants to be in the studio, always wants to be involved in the process, like, and that's part of growing as an artist, right? I mean, you've earned it, man. 2019, you were acting 650,000 streams and 200,000 listeners. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of fucking people, man. Yeah, man, I mean... It's reaching globally, dude. Like, but like the the devil on my shoulders, like it's not enough. It's not yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, like, I know, I know the feeling. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is kind of cool to like celebrate, you know, those wins. Cause I mean, I I flew past like a million streams uh, like a few months ago, and now I'm at like I think sixteen or one point six million. Yeah. Um, which is honestly crazy, cause if you told my you know my high school self or my freshman year of college self that you yeah. know I, I would have had over a million people stream my music i'd be like you're fucking lying <laughs> but um yeah it's it, it is honestly cool but like yeah like i'm saying it's it's not enough it's it's never enough <laughs> i want more i want more i want more just because i'm i'm i guess i'm greedy like that but it, I, I am definitely grateful for everyone that's you know press play on on a song and like connects with a song because that's what it's all about and it's tough to um, it's tough to you know keep the big picture and like you know impacting people and like making sure people don't want to feel like you know down and depressed like I was like back freshman year because that's kind of like why I started it but it's also you get in the aspect of like you need to get streams you need to sell records you need to do this if you want to be a full-time artist and you almost lose sight of like why you're actually doing it just because you want to like do it full time. It's, yeah. it's like weird. Well, you understand the business side, man. And that's really important, you know, and, and it's not an easy thing to do what you're doing, man. Seriously. I mean, you I want I want to know more because you to me, like are like I said, someone who's like there in the room where it happens. What is like your process when you're starting to work on a song? Like, are you thinking about the message you want to convey? I know you said earlier you kind of mumble lyrics. Like, do you get the beat first? Do you come up with ideas for lyrics? Like, what's that actual timeline? Yeah, so I mean, it's so when I first started making music, it was no beat, just write lyrics and flows and try to find something that fits that idea. Uh, (laughs) But you know, it was, you're just learning how to, you know, do stuff. But now, yeah, I, I get a, I get beats. I got a couple producers that send me beats, or sometimes I'll just go on YouTube and, and find some beats yeah, um, yeah. to, you know, kind of fit the vibe that I'm feeling in that day. Um, I'm not gonna write like depressing, sad music on like a happy day. You know, yeah. I'm not in the mood to write happy music when I'm, you know, feeling down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I'll get a beat um i'll vibe with it and then i'll get the stems i'll throw it in my uh my logic uh project it's the um program that i use uh to mix and record good man um i'll like prep the stems i'll like make sure they're um 
like the volume and all that stuff is, is good and how I want it and it's like space for my vocals and stuff. And then, yeah, I'll go in, I'll start mumbling flows and lyrics and stuff, um, melodies and all that. And then I'll pick the best melody and um, I'm like, all right, that's gonna be the hook. And then I'd start to think about what I wanna do with the song. Like what, what's the topic? Cause I have, I have to do that before I even start writing lyrics. Mm -hmm. But typically the melodies will almost give me the inspiration for what I want to write about because I'll just say some words and I'm like, yeah, that fits. Like, let's do something like that. Right. Um, and yeah, so like I'll, I'll write the lyrics, but I'm very, like I got buddies that I'll just go into the studio and they'll just freestyle mm. three minutes and call it a song. And yeah. it'll be dope. Like that's it, dope. But like, I, I'm someone that takes like months to finish a song just because it, it's my baby. It's gotta be perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, kick's got to hit like this. Like, I don't like how that vocal sounds panned. I'm going to move it three notches back to the left. Like, I don't yeah. like that particular, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I record it. I'll probably spend about a month mixing it because I'm such a perfectionist. And then I bounce the stems and I send it uh, to my mastering engineer um, to master it, sends it back. I create the album art, drop it. Damn, dude. I yeah. Thank you for that. That was like literally what I look for in a question. That was probably the best answer I've ever gotten, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, it, what's it like, though, like, if you're in the studio with someone like Cafe Disco, right? Like, one of my favorite tracks of you guys is Love is War, and, and probably one of the biggest hits you guys have both collectively ever had. Yeah. What's it like working with someone who is, and they're, of course, very versatile producers, but what is it like working with someone like Cafe Disco and then versus, like, maybe on, like, a harder rap track? What's kind of like your mental process there? Well, so the thing with Pat, I met Pat, um, say like two years ago, mm -hmm. um, through my ex-girlfriend. And um, so she told me he's like a DJ, like he DJs the clubs and stuff. And like, I was kind of new to the city. You know, my music was still pretty, pretty raw, I would say, but like, you know, pretty good. Like you could tell I had talent and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I listened to some of his stuff and like we chopped it up. I was at his rooftop and we talked and I was like, damn, he's super cool. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, no, super cool. Love Pat. Such a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember he was like, send me some stuff. I sent him some stuff. He's like, yeah, dude, let's, let's do something. Mm -hmm. And then we finally linked up, went to Fort Knox, uh, jumped in there and he just started. This is literally what he did. He looks back because the man's a wizard. He is. And is a wizard. He looks back and he's like, you like this kick? And he's just playing like a bunch of kicks. And I'm like, yeah, I like that one. He's like, yeah. all right, you like this trumpet? I'm like, yeah, I like that one. He's like, you like this hi-hat? Like, whatever. Yeah. So after like 10 minutes, he's already got like the bare bones to love his war. Right. And uh, he's like, I'm a bouncer, send it to you. Uh, and I was just sitting there with like my headphones in, like writing stuff. And um, I came up with something and it's not what ended up as love is war it was actually looking back at it, it was like kind of garbage not gonna lie but, um, <laughs> I, I liked it though and then i sent it to them and pat was like it's i probably liked it mm -hmm. um and then i was like hmm, nah i'm gonna i'm gonna rewrite it and then i was walking back uh from work actually like off the train mm -hmm. and i had the headphones in and i was playing the beat and immediately i got that damn girl slow it up just a little bit yeah like i got that i was like all right all right let's 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 write this so I, I wrote that verse when i got back uh home 
And then, you know, I wrote the second verse and spit that and, you know, sent it to Pat. And he was like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is dope. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how that song came about. And then, yeah, it really, did really well streaming wise. Um, the, the clubs were playing it. And that's one of the dopest feelings ever is like walking into a club and hearing your song. Like, you can't beat it. Feeling your song. Yeah. Dude, it is a versatile track. Thank, I mean, thanks to thanks to Pat and Polly, like they that was the first time I ever got to you know perform in a club. The first time I ever performed in a club was Prism, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's crazy because we didn't even have the track done. They just played the the instrumental, and I rapped without any back vocals over the instrumental. I'll have to send you the video. You did that um, shit dry? I think I've seen it before, actually. Dude, I snapped, though. Honestly, I think that's the best I've ever performed. It was without any vocals, like, with that. I was like, damn, I, I went crazy. <laughs> I, I was, like, feeling the vibe, dude. Uh, that video is, like, just so, just the energy, like, that yeah. it gives me. I'm just like, wow, that's crazy I did that. And, um, yeah, since then, I've just been, you know, whenever they have a gig, they, they hit me up, like, to perform the track. Because yeah, yeah. it's not like... A lot of their other songs you know it's uh it's like rap and trap and like they're more melodic future bass kind of stuff and, and this yeah, was yeah. more trap which is cool because uh, they've collabed with a lot of chicago artists um and i was glad i was able to put like my kind of flavor on it yeah. but yeah i mean working with pat it was it was like he picked sounds i'm like yeah i like that yeah i like that and then you know i kind of took it back to my place recorded the vocals sent it to him and that was that. Um, for like a more rap record, it's a little bit less, I guess. I, I guess a little bit more hands-on for me, particularly because obviously EDM is a little different than hip hop. You know, I want um, the message to be a little different. I want the flows and the the vibe to be a little different. Um, and then when I'm working with someone else, like I got a producer I work with who's who's super cool. His name is Fantana. We we did a project together. Um, he's super talented. He came through. Uh, we, you know, we cooked up. He sent me some beats, um, and you know, I, I. But I'm someone that doesn't really like to write like on the spot. Yeah. I'm more of like get my flows, get my melodies, then start writing the lyrics and like be very, very methodical with with the lyrics. Because when I first started making music, it was more just like let's prove to everyone that I could rap. Right. You know I mean? Right. Like, right. Spit like sixty words and like you know, two sentences type stuff. Yeah, man. Eminem type stuff. And like, that's cool. And some people really like that music, but I think becoming like a real, like artist that's like, you know, fresh and like refreshing, like that stuff kind of gets old. Like once I was like, all right, they know I can rap is when I almost opened the, like the bag of what I'm like truly capable of. And I like kind of took a step back. I don't need to prove anybody I can rap. Like, yeah, let's, let's make some music, you know. I, I relate to that a lot. I'm a, I'm a huge rap music fan, bro. Like, I mean, I mentioned Lil Wayne, right? Like, Wiz Khalifa, huge, huge, huge fan, man. Like, I could rap you tracks off his first, first, uh, like, Dap Piff mixtape, dude. You know, like, a huge thing for me. And, and the one thing about him versus maybe, like, an Eminem or Logic versus, like, let's put, like, Lil Wayne and Travis Scott on one side and, like, Eminem and Logic, I respect the fuck out of Eminem and Logic, dude. 
but I cannot rap with them, right? And there's something I can't, I can't. Like, execution, yeah. maybe, maybe Flexcution, you know, and, and, and the big MM songs, right? But yeah. with like Travis Scott and Lil Wayne and those guys, and those guys go in, right? But there's something about their music that, although, you know, I, I, I don't like maybe personally relate to it, there's that feeling that they give, like, you know, like when I'm just singing with them. And I get that with you. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like you maybe you hit that point a little bit, right? Like you want it to be an artist that is like the people's artist, right? Not like the proving grounds artist. Yeah. No, definitely. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will see that on like this upcoming music. Because like I was looking back in my catalog today, too. And like, I was like, those are all great songs. Like they were great at the time, at least. But like now, like the stuff that I'm about to release it's just so much better. It's just so much better. Like, yeah, better. My girlfriend tells me that all the time. She's like, you need to release these songs like now. That's awesome. I'm like, but I'm such a perfectionist. That I just want to make sure everything's good. Yeah. The environment's right to release it, like all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I'm about to punch myself in the face because when you're asking me about artists, I, I forgot to mention my favorite artist of all time, which is J. Cole. Oh, uh, hell yeah, split man. Split my mind, but... He's a good common ground there, isn't he? Yeah, he's just, he's the GOAT, man. He, his, his flows, his melodies, his lyrical, like, content, like, you can't beat it. Like, he's, he's just so good. And I really only came across him, um, it's like junior, senior year of college. I didn't really listen. I, I mean, I knew of him, and, like I, like, I thought he was cool, but, like, I never really dug into his catalogs and stuff. And once I did, I was like, fuck. <laughs> this got number one, for sure. Like, yeah. Isn't that the best when you when you like hear like big songs that an artist have and and sometimes that's kind of the double edged sword about it right? It's like these big guys have a song like uh, what was this, what was J Cole's really big song? We got a good we got a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, worked out. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a good track, right? But like that's not necessarily like the umbrella of him, right? Like you got to go deep in that, man. Yeah, like I knew he had that song, but I never right. never dug deeper. Yeah, and one of my one of my friends was like a huge J Cole fan. And I'm like, I like put that on. He was like, turn that shit off. I was like, what? And he's like, let me put something else on. Yeah, and yeah. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, damn, dude, like this is fucking good. And there, there are a lot of artists. And I don't even know if it's like that, you know, that metal you have to earn in order to really reach a bigger audience. But there are ones like Eminem, like you always have a hit that blows you up. Right. But it's about having that catalog. And, and you've been developing that, man, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that's that's huge. I definitely just want to keep building the, you know, the catalog. But I mean, one of these songs is about to, is about to do something. It's got to, I'm just, just tapping away, tapping away. I love that, man. And, and one of the coolest things about you as well, I mentioned it earlier, right? You understand the business aspect and I love your branding, man. Like it's so clean and it's fun. It's engaging, right? Like you just are someone who obviously is is really into it you're not just doing it for the likes and shit and it's been a slow burn for you do you work with so have you done stuff with artist collective then um like in terms of like i i've done shows with them well like consulting uh, stuff because like you, you're oh you're, no, not really i mean me and evan have talked like kind of off the record a couple times but um i do a lot of reading uh i take i've taken courses i've read books um i'm really big into like advertising i'm like yeah. Facebook and Instagram, not like what people think, like, oh, promote a post, like, no, like, going to the ads manager on Facebook and, like, like, retarget audiences and, like, develop custom audiences and make lookalike audiences and do, like, like, I'm, I'm 
very like educated on that stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, though. And like, I think partly that's because I, you know, I, I do digital advertising as my job. So like, it, it's, kind of like <laughs> it's kind of redundant at some points. So I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I was just doing this for forever. But um, <laughs> that's awesome, though, man. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's my, my thing. No one's going to come into, you know, a club and be like, yo, you're the next you're the next uh, GEZ. And like, yeah. let's sign a deal. Like, here's a producer. Like, we're going to blow you up. Like, no one's going to do that. And it's like, yeah. what else can I do to get to the next level? And like advertising is like essential. Like people think that I mean, I used to think this, too, when I first started making music, I can just release a song on SoundCloud and it's going to blow up. Covered. Like it's gonna get a million plays just because it's a great song. Like yeah, no, the re those songs, either artists have built that following on on SoundCloud and like that's how they're getting that plays, or you know there's some work from labels behind the you know behind the the curtain pulling strings and and doing advertising and stuff like that. And you know to kind of even the playing field, I I just decided to learn myself. Yeah, man, you can't. You're you aren't just like uh, that lonely guy performing in the bar, and there's some anr guy at the end who's drinking his sorrows away like the old time movies, and they're like, "This kid's got it. I'm gonna make yeah. you famous." Right? It doesn't happen at all. The the rich overnight, celebrity overnight is less than one percent, point oh one percent. Like, yeah, right. a lot of these artists that blow up, a lot of people think that they're. Um, like they blew up overnight, but you go to their catalog and they've been releasing music since 2013, Easy. you know, and it's like, but that's, that's the thing. Like for all artists that are even listening to this, like you just got to keep releasing, keep making music. Like when it's your time to, to pop off and, and, you know, get to where you got to go, like it'll, it'll happen, but you can't stop. Like, yeah, you can't. of course. And I'm not someone that's ever going to stop because of, like it's so ingrained in my identity and it makes me feel good and it's like it's what i'm passionate about obviously it's like the biggest thing i'm passionate about in life so like i, I something i can never stop doing you know that kind of seems like i was gonna ask you like what what is the message you, you try and convey with your brand brad like what what is the brad varsity brand and, and how do you use that idea or that moral or that passion that value to actually differentiate yourself from everyone else trying to make it big yeah i mean i think and I probably don't do like a great job explaining like, and I, I think that's something I can definitely work on as an artist, but like, I want people to see that like, I'm, I'm just a normal, like, I'm just a normal guy. Like I've been through it, you know, like I've yeah. been through some shit. I've had some down times, but like, I, I tell, I tell my friends all the time, like they ask like, you know, what's your biggest accomplishment and stuff like that. And, um, I like thought about it and I was like, well, getting to where I, like, from where I was at 14, like, late bloomer, sad, depressed, like, getting bullied to, like, where I'm at right now mm -hmm. is, like, my biggest accomplishment because, like, I never thought I would get here. Yeah. I never thought I would have this much self-love for myself and, like, like, this much, like, confidence. And it's not, like, a cocky confidence. It's, like, it's, like, a I know what I want to do. Believe in yourself. I, yeah, I believe in myself and, you know, like I, I have that, that love for myself and um, just because I made it through that to get here. Um, so that's kind of what I want to like convey. Um, but I, I feel like I haven't really gotten that vulnerable with my audience yet. And mainly because 
I don't feel like my audience is big enough to really appreciate a, a truly vulnerable song. But that's also some that's also how you create like deeper engagement and deeper love from like a fan is like to be that vulnerable. So I'm kind of in that middle state where maybe I should drop something that's a little bit more vulnerable and maybe a little less like relationship oriented because I have some vulnerable relationship songs that are about to drop, but like something that's more like personal and like sad, I guess that way. And I, and I have a song that I've been waiting to release for the right moment. Yeah. And like, it might, it might come out soon. We'll see. How many tracks do you have right now that are unreleased then? Uh, <laughs> that's this already is a good response yeah yeah i mean songs that i would release like without a doubt like next week yeah probably like eight like fully Damn. done let's go but i got a lot of like 75 percent done like probably like 10 plus 75 percent done songs like that date back to like probably 2018 that are probably still good but like i probably won't release them because the new stuff's better and that's just how it is with making music like that's yeah. why russ i don't know if you know russ the the artist yeah uh, he's he's all about like yo you you finish a song and you're happy with it drop it just drop it because you're gonna you're gonna go on to the next song and it's gonna be better and you're gonna go on the next song it's gonna be better and then you're gonna look back on that song and you're gonna be like it's not nearly as good as this new stuff why would i ever drop it and it just right. loses its it's like you lose the feeling that you had when you first made it. You're like, yo, this is sick. Yep. It's not there anymore. It's replaced with like, oh no, that's that's not that great. Like this yeah. stuff's better. And that, that's a huge, huge thing right now for people, right? Like a lot of people are, you know, electronic music producers specifically, right? Or even and pop singers, right? You release music at certain times of the year to convey a certain type of emotion. And I, I talk to a lot of DJs that make club music, right? And I'm like, are you producing music differently because you know it can't get played in a club right now, right? Some people say yes. Some people say yep, no. Some people say they have no motivation. Where are you at right now, Brad? Obviously, you have a lot of unreleased tracks, like you said. But, like, where is this motivation coming from? And, and what are you thinking about when you're actually, like, being creative? Like, you obviously have a big story to tell. But... No one's performing, at least in the U.S. right now. And you just mentioned how big of a thrill that was for you. Are you thinking yeah. about music differently because of that? You know, that's a really good question. I I feel like it hasn't affected me that much. But I'll tell you what the biggest change would be. And that's because I sort of fell in love for the first time. There you go. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it's like a, it's a great feeling and it's like inspired a lot of a lot of music and the the project i'm working on um i guess we i've never i haven't like mentioned the title to anyone besides like a few close people but i mean i'm, I'm okay to, to say what it's gonna be but it's called uh yeah it's called karma sutra okay um obviously the karma sutra is like the like the ancient indian like sex book or whatever but uh, <laughs> course, karma sutra is like a play on words and sutra means like a collection um so like a collection of karma i guess but um so it's just pretty much a story of me going um from a toxic relationship to you know regaining confidence of being single to uh you know finding love and uh that's kind of the the vibes of the songs there's 
you know, breakup type songs. There's confidence, cocky songs. Yeah. And then there's like the new girl song, which is kind of the bridge to like the more lovey dovey stuff. And then there's some like, some like borderline love songs, we'll say. Yeah. I love that, man. And, and dude, I said it in the very beginning, but you really seem like someone who wears their heart on their sleeve. And to me, that definition is something that can always be changing because someone who does that, they are who they are, right? And and I went through similar things, too. I was a late bloomer, bro. Like, my voice is still squeaky and a little Jewish here and there, but I used to sound a lot worse. Yeah, I'm Jewish, too. Yeah, right? We, yeah. Dude, God, our childhood sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it, there's yeah I should have I should have recognized that with Pearl P E R L you just need a you need a M A N on there and you're good yeah I'm in. Yeah. yeah there you go <laughs> awesome. yeah I guess my motivation right now is just filling out that story that I'm trying to tell with uh, yeah. this project and that's just kind of what I've been like writing to I guess so, like oh, I kind of need more of a song that kind of bridges this part to this part uh so i gotta write that um so I, I got like two to three more songs i gotta finish before the project's done but um i'm really excited to release it and um i might have a connection to potentially get a distribution deal i don't want to like uh like say anything before it's done but like um i would definitely like i feel like that's the next step so hopefully i can get that um you know worked out yeah and, um and yeah that's exciting man Karma Sutra. Fuck, that's creative, Brad. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, uh, I was killing myself thinking of what to call this project, dude. Like, right. I can't believe. I was like, I have no ideas. I'm like, that's, no, that's not good. No, that's really doesn't. And then I was sitting with my girl. I was like, you need to help me think of it because she loves all the songs and not just because she's my girlfriend, but she's like, I listened to your music before this. Like, obviously, I heard Love is War. Like, it was dope, but like, and yeah. I heard some other stuff, but like, this stuff is like, next level like dude i gotta be honest with you i feel like i'm catching you right before the shit pops i'm not gonna lie like i really do like there there's goosebumps what you doing over there quit it dude i i really do man i i really do mean that like i give myself goosebumps what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and you know like i've had a lot of people who, who have i've had on the show over the past in uh shit next month it'll be four years doing this podcast right this is gonna be like episode 122 wow. and yeah, right. I, mean, I don't even know where time's gone, but been we've been doing a lot this of people. for years. I thought this was like the first season. Oh, no. That's crazy. Had a lot of upgrades. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been the greatest thing ever, right? And I always say to people, you know, I put in a million plays worth of effort in every episode, but like in value, you know, invaluable skill. Like I love this so much. You know, like even if it was just me, you your mom, my mom that listens to this episode, like that's good enough for me because yeah. I think there, there is importance in just like connecting with people like this who share common values. But I really do mean it when I say like, I feel like something's going to happen for you, man. Uh, I think you believe it too, but I want to know, cause there's a lot of people I was, I was going to say, you know, over the past couple of years, there's a lot of people who have approached me and, and asked me questions to ask artists like yourself. Right. And you still have a long road to go. What would you say to people who were in a position like you? Because times have changed when you were in college, right? Like there's not a lot of barrier to entry for people like there used to be, you know, to even like, well, now with coronavirus is different, but let's say a little before that, right? Like getting gigs, like learning how to produce music, right? Like YouTube wasn't what it was even five, 10 years ago. 
right. what would be your advice to a young Brad Varsity, right? That like looks up to someone like you. What's what's going to be some things they're going to run into? How do they get to where you're at now? One big thing I would say is like a lot of the stuff you're just going to have to do yourself. Mm-hmm. And like as much as that kind of sucks to hear, like not everyone's going to help you. Like if, if you truly want something done right, you're going to do it yourself. And that's kind of what I've like built up to this point is like everything that I've done has literally been off my own blood, sweat and tears and money and work. And like, I really haven't gotten like lucky or gotten like a break or anything. Like, obviously I had a really cool moment. Probably one of the coolest moments in my music career um, was Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs used me and Cafe Disco's song to walk out to every time. And (laughs) that was like, the cool one of the coolest moments of my entire life honestly when i found that out that was literally a year ago today not today but i was at Lollapalooza a year ago this weekend i was at Lollapalooza when i found out um and the happiness that i felt there was like i'm pretty sure i cried dude I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah for sure yeah and so i mean that would be one thing i should be like Try to do everything yourself if you can, because you're not going to be satisfied with um, the results of, of something else. I would say just because personally, I, I've spent thousands of dollars for promotion or yeah. other stuff re- relating to music, selling like this big dream, like we're going to make a huge type. Show. I've spent thousands of dollars on that and like obviously it's all a learning experience but like i don't take everything at face value um because if it sounds too good to be true it probably is as pessimistic as that is to say like it's so true like it's so true and i would just say save that money for advertising because you're going to need it <laughs> yeah facts <laughs> um, and what else what else would i say there's some good things but I would tell myself a lot. I just keep, just keep going, man. Just keep sticking it out. Like you can't put all your feelings of success into streams and likes and all that. And as easy as it is to fall into, because once you get a taste of that, it's, it's, you're doomed pretty much. Cause like, once you get a taste, like one song, you know, does a little bit better than your other ones. You're just craving more, craving more versus just loving the stuff that you put out and just just loving it unconditionally versus saying, well, I guess it's not good because it didn't get a lot of streams or it didn't get a lot of likes. Yeah. And that's something everyone's I still struggle with. Everyone, I feel like, still struggles with because whatever you put out, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just I heard Russ say this one time. uh, It's like it's about ability versus visibility. It's like you may be the most talented artist, but if you have no eyes on you, you're nothing versus yeah. someone that's not that talented, but he's got the platform, he's got the eyes on him. And like that's yeah. something that's like, yeah, it's good to understand. But it's like fucking sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the streams and the likes should match to what you're you know, putting out there. And that's just not how it works. So you got to go and you got to do it yourself and and just keep. Uh, there's this term called Kaizen and what it means is, um, 
stacking a brick each day. Mm-hmm. So what I would tell, you know, young Brad Varsity would just be make sure you're doing something each day. And it could be small, it could be huge, it could be two bricks, three bricks, four bricks, yep. or just one brick. But just do something each day to get you to your, you know, your desired goal and your dream. And, um, you know, eventually you're going to build that, you know, and you're going to get there. Dude, I love that. It's, it's, it seems like a simple concept, right? But a lot of blood, sweat, and tears have gone in this, like you said. You would like, you wouldn't believe, like, just, I mean, I wish I've gotten lucky breaks. Right. <laughs> like, like there's really no way around putting in the work. Like you're going to have to put in the work. Like I said, it's less than 1%, less than half a percent of people that get these, these breaks or a song pops off on TikTok or, or any, you know, kind of stuff like that. And it's like what you really need to do. And like the smartest route to go is put your head down, stack a brick and just, and get there. And it's going to feel so much more rewarding once you get there after all those years of hard work versus someone that just gets it overnight. Like you just don't have the appreciation. And, and what I hear artists that are huge say all the time is like the journey is the most rewarding part. Yeah. And I'm just trusting the process, trusting the journey. Yeah. And really just, you know, trying my best, man. I'm just trying my best. Yeah, I love it along the way too, man. That makes it a little easier, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, loving it is just, you just love it unconditionally, even though like it sucks sometimes. Like Sometimes I don't want to go and record, like, because writing is my favorite part, writing lyrics and stuff. And I just sit in my bed and write lyrics. Mm-hmm. But, like, recording it is always, like, a frightening moment for me because sometimes it doesn't always come out how I heard it in my head. Right. Like, well, now I thought that was crazy, but now I got to do something else or I got to <laughs> break out freaking uh, my sound tools and change the pitch and stuff and, yeah. and tweak, but, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what I would say. I, I kind of rambled for a little bit. No problem. Dude, dude. Listen, I think that was perfect, man. That was a bunch of pieces of good advice. Um, last question I want to ask you. So what do we? What, when can we expect some of this new music, man? I know you just dropped a new track. Do you have a timeline for anything coming out? So I'm shooting a music video next Saturday for okay. my next song. And once that's done, I will release the track. So I don't have official release date yet. Sure. But um, I'm using a uh, Chicago uh, videographer. His name's Alex. You might yeah. know her. Yeah. Bro, that's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, he's uh, he's shooting the video. I sent him like a little uh, Google Doc when I was thinking about it. Uh, I can send you the song after this. Uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty dope. Um, he's the man. He's going to do it's great called, it's, it's called Snake Bit. And um, it's it's about being in like a toxic relationship and like the songwriting on it is probably some of the best songwriting I've done. The melodies and the vibe are super different and weird and cool. And like, um, I'm really excited about that one. My, my artist friend that lives in Florida has been telling me to drop it for like the last two months. And I'm like, not until I have the video, not until I have the video. I'm, I'm really, cause like that's that's been my biggest like weakness I would say as an artist is like my visual game. Like I don't have a lot of music videos. Right. And like I, I got to start building that catalog up because it also helps with running advertising. Like I have those as like assets that I can clip up and like, you know, run for and, and find, you know, new fans and stuff. But also just like when people come to my YouTube, I don't want them to just see an album art 
with my songs. I want them to be able to like look at me and like see perform and stuff like that because right now I can't perform in front of people unless I want to do an IG live or something. But like those just don't hit. They just I did one for my birthday and it was super cool. A lot of people came through said happy birthday and stuff. But like it just doesn't feel like it's weird on a stage in front of you know. 50 people, whatever, 100 people, whatever it is, and, like, having that platform and being able to talk with them, and, like, that's where you really make a true connection and build, like, true fans is, like, live shows. Yes. I agree, man. Well, I want to just say once again, Brad, like, after talking to you now, man, like, I respect the hustle so much more, and your name makes all the more sense to me, brother. It's obviously you're working for everything you got, but you're enjoying the ride along the way. Cheers to you one more time, my man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. This has been an absolute pleasure. I've right, got to keep in touch with you, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're doing some real shit, man. And I, I like I said, Thank I'm going to get myself chills again here. Let me get this. This is going to be big, all right? I'm going to record this. We're going to share this <laughs> years later. <laughs> I'm dead, bro. Uh, uh, yeah. Clip it. Clip it. No, clip just, it. Um, All right, man, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you, bro. Peace.